Hashtag Health on Monday, our final segment for this evening. Just over 10 minutes to go before we call it quits for tonight. And I must say, I do appreciate the fact that we have not had to date any technical issues. Touchwood, nothing changes. I have not fielded a call this evening. I wonder what the cause for that might be. Johannesburg 714-2006. I certainly would not mind to field a call or two, if not three, in the 10 minutes that do remain. My guest now is Dr. Nelson Igaba, Senior Technical Specialist for a Voluntary Medical Male Circumcision at the organization Right to Care. And more than we are talking about circumcision, what we are actually talking about is the relationship between uncircumcised men who have sexual relations with women who ultimately then increase their chances of cervical cancer. That's essentially the angle where we are trying to engage the discussion. We are not going into cultural issues yet, certainly not insofar as it relates to what happens. Let's just talk about the relationship between circumcised men and the drop, a dramatic drop of cervical cancer in that community of women. Put differently, uncircumcised men have this tremendous ability to increase the chances of cervical cancer in the same community. Nelson Igaba, say more about that from a scientific perspective, please. Good evening, welcome. Good evening, Sangezo, and good evening to your listeners. Thank you for having me on your show. Um, thank you for that introduction. I think you are very spot on. Um, cervical cancer, we know it as one of the leading cancers in South Africa. It's actually the second after cancer of the breast in females. And uh, every year, um, we diagnose more than 7,000 cases of cervical cancer in the country. And uh, out of those 7,000, we lose uh, more than 5,000. So with a more than 50% um, fatality rate, uh, which, which really shows that it's quite a, a deadly cancer and it's taking a lot of, a lot of our women. And actually 85% of those people who die are black women, and uh, that really should call for our action into this. So coming back to, to your topic about um, cervical cancer relationship and uh, uncircumcised men, there are multiple risk factors um, that uh, puts women at risk of getting cervical cancer. But there is one key thing that has been proven to be the cause for cervical cancer. And this is uh, a virus, and its name is called human papillomavirus. So human papillomavirus, we abbreviate it as HPV. Uh, specifically, there are two types of human papillomavirus that have been proven to cause cervical cancer. One is called uh, HPV-16 and the other one 18. So um, these being the causative of, uh, uh, viruses for cervical cancer, we know how they are transmitted, how you transmit HPV from a male partner to a female partner is through sexual intercourse. And um, uh, being a sexually transmitted disease, HPV, males can suffer from HPV without showing any symptoms. And uh, uncircumcised men can harbor HPV uh, under their foreskin due to the nature of the area being moist and covered, and they can easily transmit this to, 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 to female partner. And what the HPV does to the female partner 
recurrent or persistent infection of HPV to a female partner, it changes the nature of the cells at the opening of the womb, what we call the cervix. So if this is persistent in a female later in life, it can develop into cancer of the cervix. So why we say that uh, circumcision may reduce, science has shown that when you remove the foreskin, the complete removal of the foreskin, it gives you the benefit of, you know, eradicating the HPV from this male. So in case there is any, you know, sexual intercourse, they won't be able to transmit the human papilloma virus to their female partner. When we talk about HPV and... and um well, it's a reality that we have to live with. So to the extent that it gets a little more graphic than for some might be too comfortable with, that is probably the right thing because these are the sorts of conversations we actually should be having without fielding any sense or having any sense of discomfort for the great social benefit this is to all of us. The residue within, if you will, the uncircumcised tip that is there and the dangers, if any, that that poses of course, what you are saying, and I'm understanding you to say, is that the complete removal of that foreskin removes the chances of the harboring of the HPV. Of the HPV. What that actually says is whenever there's an operation, surgical operation to that effect, it presupposes that there must be a complete removal of the foreskin because one might think by virtue of being circumcised, they have taken those adequate measures. But if they're not sufficiently medically done, the procedure of circumcision itself, it doesn't really advance the lowering of the risks of HPV moving from the male to the female. Say more on that, please. Yeah, yeah. thank you, Songezi. That's quite a good point that you're bringing there. So we really recommend that when someone is circumcised, there is complete removal of the foreskin. They will only not enjoy the benefit of not putting their female partner at risk of cervical cancer. The other very key uh, benefit is that when you have complete removal of the foreskin, uh, you reduce the risk of acquiring HIV as a male from a female HIV-positive partner by 60%. And the, the reason is the same. When you remove the complete foreskin, this foreskin has some cells that they act like magnets to the HIV virus. So HIV virus attaches easily to the cells that are, are found within the foreskin. So when, um, when you remove this foreskin, which is very fragile, which is very soft and can tear easily and act as a magnet to the HIV uh, virus, then you are, you are also reducing the risk of this man from acquiring HIV from a female HIV-positive partner by 60%. So basically what we are saying that this once-off procedure that is safe is done by a trained um, clinical person. It, it gives you multiple benefits, including even reduction of some risk to STI in children. It can reduce some rates of uh, urinary tract infection. And, of course, the hygiene. It's easy, of course, to, to clean an uncircumcised, a circumcised male, uh, male, male penis than an uncircumcised one. And that's why I would like to say that at Right to Care, the organization um, that is supporting the, the government of South Africa in offering high-quality male circumcision program, we, we have trained personnel who, on top of their medical training, they are trained to do this circumcision, and they make sure that the person 
is followed up after the procedure, two days after, seven days after, and ensure that there's complete healing of this person. And uh, for those people who are working, we even ensure that we, in case they require it, which most of them do not, we can even book them off for a day or two so that they are able to go to work when, when, when they have started healing. So this services is offered freely across the country, and we offer services for males 15 and above. You know, the science of it might make sense, and there might be very little, if any, argument that can be raised against science. Science, however, in a conversation of this kind is secondary to culture, stroke, tradition, to social norms, if you will. That is probably, I would imagine, your biggest hurdle. Engaging this topic in an open forum where people can be free to discuss their views and even anxieties about this, and in time, hopefully, winning them to participate in the mass drive towards circumcision. A lot of those social aspects get in the way before we get to the point of science, don't they? Yes, uh, I think that's, that's, that's another good point you're raising there, Songhezi, because uh, most of the strategies that we use uh, to offer services to the community where we are, we use uh, social culture-oriented kind of uh, strategies. Uh, we do not just come and dispute what has been existent, what has defined who we are as a culture. We do not dispute it. We just align our strategies to the existing culture and try to work with the, with the custodians of the culture so that we can make uh, the practice safer without tampering with the traditional um, culture that, that is existent. So we are working with uh, a lot of tra traditional circumcising communities uh, in areas of Pumalanga, in areas of Eastern Cape, to try and make sure that uh, uh, whatever is existent, we just ameliorate it, but we do not antagonize uh, because we know that culture is who we are. Culture is what defines us. To the extent that Right to Know engages this subject, and I know I'm getting into tricky territory, tricky because of all these culture and related social norms, where in this conversation, in the science of this conversation, are women located? Yeah, we would really like to call upon women to, to stand up and take a step to, uh, to bring forth their boyfriends, their husbands, their partners to our facilities. What they can do, they can just call a number, 082-808-6152, or send a please call, and they will be called, and they will be um, oriented into the next facility where they can get a free quality male circumcision. And the reason why we are targeting females here is because, one, they, there is a benefit that they will be reducing their risk of developing cervical cancer later in life. And two, we know that uh, uh, female partners have, have a say in, uh, in, in a relationship and they should be able to, you know, to stand up and say that for the benefit of both of us, I think we need to remove the foreskin uh, so that you can enjoy the benefit of, you know, reduction, you know, hygiene, reduction in STI, on the same hand, the female will also enjoy the benefit of uh, reduced risk of developing cervical cancer later in life. Fantastic, sir. Final comments then from you. The work of Right to Know is important in 
socio-economic and social health especially. If you were to have this opportunity to engage government, I mean, you are on the platform, you are engaging a critical part of the, well, I would say African community in terms of our circumcision relates with the African community. But generally speaking, what would you say are the resource constraints that you face and would need assistance with if it's not resource and sort of your abstract support that you need? I'm inviting you now to give final comment as to what you do need as support from private sector, public sector, or just from civic organizations. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Sogezi. Actually, we are, we, we, we are right to care. Right to Care is a local uh, non-for-profit organization. We are majorly funded by um, PEPFAR through uh, agencies like CDC and USAID. And of course, we work to support uh, the South African government, uh, both in the management of HIV, AIDS, and other related illness, and, um, and, and circumcision being one of the HIV prevention methods. So what, what we would like to say, we, we have um, the skill, we have the funds, we have the facilities, we have the resources, or we would like to call upon anybody who can partner with us to make sure that we reach the communities and make sure that we rally the communities around to come to bring males to our facilities to get a free, um, high-quality medical male circumcision. I'll repeat again, it is so easy. You can call us on 082-808-6152 or just send a please call. And one of our agents, high qualified agents, will locate where you are and they will book you within the next facility. We can easily come to you, provide you with a transport from your home to the facility and back to your home and make sure that we check on you upon after circumcision until when you are fully healed. This is clearly a consolidated plan to ultimately fight the transfer of sexually transmitted disease, especially HIV and AIDS, largely in the context of this conversation anyway, from woman to the man, and vice versa, the HPV virus, which is known to cause cervical cancer, which kills as many as three or causes as many as 300,000 deaths every year. This is now a global figure. And in South Africa, cervical cancer rates highest, second only to breast cancer. My guest this evening, Dr. Nelson Igawa, Thank you so much. And I do appreciate as well the correction there, right to care. In my mind, I've got the legal organization right to know from a right to information perspective. I beg your pardon for that. And thank you for correcting. He is indeed senior technical specialist for voluntary medical male circumcision at the organization, right to care. Nelson, good evening. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sangezi. Good evening to you. And that is the show, folks. Tomorrow we have one more appointment and that will be the show or shows for the week. Thank you so much to the technical team who have put on an outstanding production this evening, despite the potential technical challenges we otherwise could have held. I'll be back in Johannesburg tomorrow where everything will be normal. Good night and take care.